What's up, guys? Ron Gata here again with the For the Berg podcast. I decided to release a couple episodes on back-to-back days since I was slacking for about a week or so. But my guest today is Justin Morrow from Motionless and White, formerly of Ice Nine Kills. Justin talks a little bit about the last Ice Nine Kills record he recorded with the band The Silver Scream and his transition from Ice Nine to Motionless and then their newest single, Another Life. We talk a little bit about his favorite horror films of all time. And you definitely want to stay tuned until the end because I'll be playing his brand new single, Icon's Crown, from his new solo project called Cypher Sight. The song is amazing. The entire EP is even better. I cannot wait for him to release the entire thing to the public. I got a little early taste of the EP and it really is awesome. So keep your eyes out for that and make sure you listen to Icon's Crown at the end of the interview. Nope. Mr. Pop. All right, guys, today I have Justin Morrow from Motionless and White. What's going on, man? Thanks for joining the show. Not too much, buddy. Thank you for having me. It's been a while since I've done one of these, so I'm excited. Awesome, good. Uh, so where we start with these, we usually just get into earlier musical influences, when you decided you wanted to play uh, music for a living, or when you knew that was actually a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for me, I feel like I was kind of a kind of a late bloomer into really realizing that music was a passion for me. Um, I mean, I always liked music. Most people do, but I didn't get heavily invested until probably like seventh grade, honestly, a little bit of a, a later start. Uh, I know I think one of the, the first albums for me that really started leading me down the path to where I am now is uh, a record by um, a band called the Get Up Kids it's called uh, Something to Write Home About. I uh, kind of stumbled upon that that record, and that, that was like the start for me. Uh, getting to where I am now. I mean, that's obviously very different stylistically. That's like a mm-hmm. late nineties, you know, e- emo pop rock type thing. Uh, it's right. still in my heavy room. I actually just listened to the whole thing yesterday, but uh, nice. that was, that, that was kind of the start for me from there. It was, you know, bands like brand new taking back Sunday census fail those under oath a little bit later on was another huge one. So those, those were like some of the big main early uh, bands for me that got me really wanting to play started pl- I played a bunch of instruments I sucked at them all uh, <laughs> I, I gave up on guitar a few times got back into it um, started a band with some of my high school friends um, and then it was kind of just all hands on deck from there uh, and that was not to date myself but that was 15 years ago probably nice. um, and then then what then then you end up joining ice nine kills from there is that yeah so um, I was in a band called, uh, just a, a local band from Rochester, New York, which is where I'm from. It was called Remember Tomorrow. Uh, and actually, it was me. Actually, most of the people, when, when I first joined Ice Nine, it was pretty much the entirety of Remember Tomorrow joined Ice Nine. Nice. So it was all of us plus Spencer at that point. <laughs> so awesome. we kind of just stayed with the Ice Nine name. That was in 2009 when I when we all joined. And then obviously over the years lineup changes uh i was the last one left of of that that group of people so yeah we joined we met ice nine we we were trying to 
do some some shows around the area outside of Rochester. Einstein was kind of just they were far, farther along than we were at the time. They had they were like one of those big MySpace bands of that era when mm-hmm. MySpace was still a huge thing. And we our our singer at the time was actually the local promoter in Rochester. So he started reaching out trying to find bands for us to do some shows with, and that's that's how we met them. We we're friends for a couple of years, and then it just kind of fell in the place where Einstein went through a huge overhaul, and we all ended up joining the band. Awesome. Um, so what what I do with some of the guys is kind of like a uh, like a, like an album run through of all their stuff. I'm not going to do that here today because um, I want to get some motionless and white stuff too. But um, I figured maybe we could do like a track by track of the Silver Scream and just kind of little story about the recording process of each song, the movie that inspired uh, of each each song there, and then yeah, I'm going to be honest. Most of that is such a blur to me at this point. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, we can talk about it a little bit. Uh, I I don't have. I'm probably the wrong guy to talk to for all the the, the super interesting in-depth details. Um, you know, it's funny. I uh, I just went back and re-listened to that whole record a couple days ago, and I I haven't listened to it much since since parting ways with the band. But uh, right. I that record is really I'm really proud of that record. That record's really cool. Um, I can't take a ton of the credit. I think JD, who was in the band, also is like the real musical mastermind behind all that the way he was able to dive in and you know all the scoring stuff he did and how he related it to the sounds in the movies i think that's a really good example the scoring of everything really is what i think makes everything work you know um and then even beyond that you know some of the more traditional musical elements like the the guitar there's certain you know guitar parts stuff that definitely have like that I, I recall like the breakdown. This like, it's got like a stabby feeling to it, the rant, 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 yeah. <laughs> which very much goes with the vibe. Um, but you know, those most of these songs, like I said, it's these are all you know straight out of the brain of uh, right. of uh, Justin the Bleak. I mean, obviously Spencer had a, a heavy hand in it. Um, I feel like this record, that record, was probably the one that I was least involved in of, of all of them. Those two were the the real the real uh masterminds behind that i mean i had my my moments but uh for the most part it was it was it was those those two guys and i I give them a lot of credit for that because i mean i think it's a a great record um yeah for sure what is your favorite horror movie of all time then um i think carrie i was gonna say we can well we'll talk about that song on here but you but that's not on here (laughs) yeah that that's the uh that's the the last record that's every trick in the book Oh yeah, there it's you go. It's the Carrie song, which that one actually, uh, the Hell in the Hallways, which is the last track on that record. That was one that me and JD put together as a team. That one, that was me and him. That was one of the examples of me and him getting to sit down and work heavily together on a track, and then have Spencer kind of come in after the fact of the music being pieced together and you know working on the vocals, which normally isn't necessarily the way we went about things but uh yeah i always like carrie just because i i felt like she was a very like i don't r- recognize her as a villain i think she's a very uh sympathetic character but the obviously it is you know maybe not necessarily scary but it's in the genre um right. i think the cinematography in that movie is incredible um sure it's so that that's always the one i come back to other than that more modern i'd say scream is probably up nice. there i think i think the original scream really flipped the whole genre on its head and you know was it able brought to that slasher feel back it brought yeah, that yeah. back to yeah and it was able to the 80s and the, the, the late 70s and 80s and then 
just kind of fizzled away there. And then it was kind of like a joke at, at one point, I, I would think. But Scream kind of brought it back to being like an actual scary. Yeah, and I, I think Scream also had like that uh, campy vibe to it where, you know, it poked fun at the genre. Like that was a huge part of the movie to recognize, you know, the classics of the past and kind of poke fun at the uh, – you know, the, the standard formula of how things happened in those yeah. movies. I think that was what part of what really set Scream apart from other movies trying to do that in that era, that nine, you know, that mid to late nineties era where the genre was kind of stagnant. Yeah. So then at the tail end of uh, ice nine kills here for, I think I, I saw it was like six months while you're still with them. You were, uh, you were touring with motionless and white, correct and then then you decided to join that band full-time yeah um, you want to talk about the the transition period there in, in yeah so so yeah. yeah it was probably a little bit less than six months uh and it was mostly just you know shows here and there like they you know they had obviously lost their bass player and weren't sure what they were going to do um and obviously ice nine had done a few tours with them at that point so we were we were friendly and you know i offered to to step in and you know, do some dates with them if they needed somebody. And so that's kind of how that started. And it just kind of slowly progressed into a thing where I was thinking about what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was in Ice Nine for 10 years. It was really, you know, my first and only serious band at that point. And, you know, I was very emotionally attached after, you know, spending so much time with it, but I kind of just felt like it had run its course for me. You know, that old saying, all good things come to an end. It kind of felt like that. You know, I just felt like this kind of at a point where I, I needed and wanted a change. And it just so happened that, you know, this, the thing with motionless started up and it just felt like the right time. It felt like the right situation to make a change. I don't know if, I don't know if there would have been a different situation where I would have uh, made that decision. I think it would just had to have been that perfect opportunity with the, the right group of guys. And luckily that that's what came about. Nice. Um, earlier this month, actually, you guys released the single, um, another life. I assume that's your first recording with uh, that band, right? So that is another life is the third single, I believe. Oh, okay. And since uh, you joined the band. Okay. Yeah. Since, yeah, I, I joined the band right at the tail end of the writing cycle for the newest record, which is okay. called Disguise. I was able to, I was involved in the writing for one song, the, which is Undead Ahead 2, uh, just because simply, like I said, I came in right at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there wasn't much left to do. Uh, that song actually, me and again, uh, Justin the Bleak from, from Ice Nine, me and him actually put that song together uh, for Motionless. And then obviously Chris got involved and put his spin on it. But uh, yeah, Another Life is the last one we just we just released. And then actually last week, uh, a remix of it done by Caleb Shomo just came yeah. out, which is cool. We just did a tour with Beartooth. And it was like outside of Warp Tour, probably the most fun I've ever had on a tour. Really? Yeah, it was just it, the vibe was amazing. Everybody became such good friends. And I know people say that about tours all the time, but it's not always the case, especially with our band. I feel like we can be a little antisocial sometimes. But uh, th- those guys really helped us open up and have fun and just hang out on tour. And I really hope we get to do it again. I know we, there's been talks about doing a part two. So, I mean, I don't know when, given the right, current yeah. circumstances, but uh, I'm hoping that gets to happen. But yeah, Another Life is the latest single, and uh, it's it's doing really well right now. I think it's a, it's top it's in the top 15 of the FM charts right now, which is very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I feel like it's can be a challenge sometimes for 
fans of our world to kind of break into that mainstream, you know, radio market. But uh, it's it's slowly climbing, hoping we get to break the top 10 soon. So I know um, you, you mentioned um, last year's album that the band just put out, Disguise. Um, are you guys working on, I know it's pretty soon after that record, but are you guys working on like writing and stuff like that for the next album here? Uh, yeah, that's what we're, we're doing currently, actually. Um, it's almost, I've been saying, you know, as much as it sucks that, you know, tours have been canceled or postponed, you know, I guess the uh, silver lining is we have all this time now to really hunker down and start writing for the next record time that we maybe wouldn't have had if we were still touring heavily. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what we've, that's basically all I've been doing since this whole lockdown started. I'm just cranking out demos. Uh, all the other guys are doing the same. Um, we're all kind of mostly writing on our own right now. And then, you know, sending stuff back and forth, you know, me and Chris have had a lot of correspondence back and forth with different song ideas, different things. Um, I think the plan right now is just to get as many songs demoed out as we can. And then when it comes time to actually go into the studio and figure it out, we'll listen through everything, pick a handful. And those will be the ones we focus on to start really, you know, hammering out the fine details and making them as strong as they can be. But uh, it's, it's, it's been a very exciting process for me just because, like I said, I came into the last record right at the tail end. Uh, so this is my first time really being involved from the start and especially you know because i've only ever worked on ice nine records so this is yeah. you know a whole different vibe a whole different experience i mean the bands have i know the bands are kind of lumped in together a lot of the time i think a lot of that is aesthetic more than musically but uh it's been interesting trying to write music for a different band you know it's been a, a learning process but uh one that I've enjoyed thoroughly. Yeah, that's awesome, though. Um, so the show is called For the Berg here, based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Do you have any like favorite venues or cool show memories, anything like that, places you guys would go if you had time while on tour? You know, I was thinking about that because I listened to your Anthony Green podcast, and I know yeah. you asked him that. And yeah. I started thinking about it, and I, as far as like place to go or food wise, I don't really have anything. I, I have one memory. I wish I could remember what the venue was, but it was 2015, and oddly enough, it was Ice Nine on a Motionless and White tour, and oh, nice. our tour manager slash TM got his laminate cut by Motionless's TM. There was all this drama happening. It was like the first three days of the tour and just bad luck. All this drama was happening. People weren't... Some miscommunications led to some fights and he got his laminate cut and he was about to leave the tour and quit and go home. Uh, it wasn't funny at the time. It's funny now. And oddly enough, he actually works for Motionless now. Wow. So... so it, it's kind of come full circle, but uh, that's like my big, my biggest memory from any PA shows is that just because it was funny more so now than then. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish I could remember the I'm so bad with venue oh, names. Do you know, I ask all the guys this, uh, so if you listen to the Anthony one, I, I asked him and he actually, he gave me an answer to this question, but do you know what a jagoff is? I don't, I remember you asking him, it, I don't remember it, what the answer was. <laughs> it, 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 it means like dickhead or asshole, um, okay. I, it's like a, a Pittsburgh term for that. I asked him and like I, I, like I said, I ask everybody on the show, it's totally up to you if you want to answer it or not, but um, just being in these bigger bands, meeting so many famous people, um, was there anybody that you met that you were excited to meet that turned out to be a jagoff? You know, honestly, I can't really think of anybody. You know, I, th I maybe I've just been blessed. Um, I haven't really come across anybody that I was like, oh, wow, fuck this guy, you know, after <laughs> after meeting him. Luckily, uh, 
now that I said that, I'm sure the next time I go out and meet somebody, they're going <laughs> to kind of suck. But, uh, but no, I, I, I really, you know, most, the majority of people in other bands that I've met have been very nice. Awesome. Um, so I guess I'm just lucky in uh, that yeah, sense. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, so I just have a few fan questions here, man, and then, and then I can let you go. Okay. All right. So first one here is uh, whenever you would play shows with Ice Nine Kills, they, they all, everyone dresses up in kind of a horror movie-themed uh, costume. Be, what would you dress up as when you would play? Um, well, when I was doing it, I kind of I, – I loosely did a Michael Myers look – I mean, I had like I had the jumpsuit, you know, the standard Michael Myers jumpsuit. I had yeah. the mask, but also this was right at the time where I was getting heavily into the makeup world. So I I didn't want to wear a mask, the you know the whole set. So I'd paint, I'd do yeah. a whole makeup look that really had nothing to do with <laughs> with with any of the movies, and I'd wear the mask for a song or two, take the mask off, and uh, kind of be like this weird hybrid. Michael Myers, but uh, but yeah, Michael Michael was the one I did. Um, I did that for Warp Tour, and then I think I only did one other tour with Ice Nine after Warp Tour that was on the Silver Scream album cycle. So yeah, it was it was just the Michael. I did like a sad kind of sad clown thing. Oh oh, that's right. I'm sorry, my fiance is sitting right behind me. It's reminding <laughs> me. I did I did Jigsaw. I did the oh, nice. I did Jigsaw for my last tour. That's right. Awesome. Next one here. Do you or anybody in your band have any weird, like, superstitious pre-show rituals or anything like that before taking stage? Could be for either band. Uh, weird, not that I know of. I mean, I am very much a creature of habit. It's not weird at all. I, I mean, if I don't smoke a cigarette before a set, I feel off. That, that's really my thing. Like, I, I, I smoke a cigarette, I maybe drink a beer, and then I go on that. But, like, if I don't get to do that, it, like, kind of throws off my whole routine just because, you know, I'll sit and do my makeup for an hour or so, go smoke, drink a beer, go on stage. Like, if I don't get to do that, it, it, it takes me a while to work into the set, as stupid as that sounds. Oh, like, yeah. oh, he doesn't get his cigarette. Oh, he's <laughs> good. But, but, but has their thing, yeah. I know, but as far as, like, weird stuff, no, I think we, most of us just... You know, we we get ready and then we just we just go up there. You know, there's there's no uh, at least not that I've seen. I mean, maybe some of the guys have some weird stuff that they're keeping secret. <laughs> yeah. uh, next one. What band would you have seen most live as a fan, not on tour with like paid tickets as a fan? Probably every time I die. Nice. That that's one of my all time favorite bands. I mean, they're from Buffalo, which is the city over from where I'm from. So I've I knew about them from a young age. Uh kind of a hometown hero vibe even though it's not the same city but still upstate new york um i've they probably are the band i've gone and seen the most and it just loved it i mean i i'll admit i i normally don't go to shows very Mm -hmm. much anymore but that's one of the bands that i would absolutely go out of my way to see because they're just amazing every time um and i've been lucky enough to tour with them a few times now and they're super nice too which I remember when I first started touring them, I was definitely like kind of had like a fanboy thing where I was like, Oh my God, like I was scared to talk to them. Uh, but they, they're super nice and, uh, definitely one of my all time favorite. I'd go see them anywhere. I mean, I'd prefer, I'd go see them play at some shitty bowling. And I've actually seen them play in a shitty bowling alley now that I think about it, nice. but that that's, that's the one that comes to mind. Last one here. If your band could tour with just one other band for the rest of your career, what band would that be? And why? Ooh, boy. It's funny because I could say something that would make sense. I don't, what if it was up to me? It would probably yeah, be a you, band that, 
that would makes no sense for us to tour with. Yeah. It doesn't uh, have to make sense. Yeah. I mean, I would I would say, and it sucks they're not a band anymore. But I'd say brand new. I that's whenever somebody asks a question like who would you want to tour with, I always say brand new just because. I'm obsessed with brand new. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not not the greatest bill in the world. Us, motionless and white right. and brand new does it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But uh, they're they they're always my go to, and it's probably because I only got to see them once. So they're still like they're like an enigma to me in that sense that I only got to see them once, and it, they played at Penn State actually. So mm-hmm. it was like an outdoor thing. They didn't play super long sets, so I didn't get the real experience. Um, get, with that said, I would probably have to go with brand new. Nice. So you're obsessed with brand new. I'm obsessed with taking back Sunday. Which one? Brand new or taking back Sunday? Brand new. Oh man. I, I if you would, if you would ask me ten years ago, ten, I might yeah. I, I might have said taking back Sunday. But I, in my opinion, brand new has aged better than taking back. I still love taking back Sunday. I'm not. I've kind of fallen off being like a current fan. You know, I don't really. I haven't really listened to much of their more recent stuff. Right. Uh, I kind of just. It just didn't work for me. The some of the the newer records, but their first their first two obviously are still classics in my oh, book. Yeah. Uh, the first one where they all came back, the original members came back. The self titled, yeah. Yeah, that record's really cool. Uh, after that is kind of where I fell off with them. After that record, um, but I originally was a was a Taking Back Sunday guy way more than Brand New. But as I've gotten older, Brand New just kind of works more for me because I'm just turning into like that you know, sad middle-aged man and the the sound just works better for that. I don't know. Ever since brand new made a shirt that said, Mike's up for singing, not swinging. I lost respect for them. Oh God. They had had their whole thing. They had the the same lyrics in the songs, that whole feud, which I still, I'm pretty sure was, I, part of me really, I remember the whole, there's a whole conspiracy that it was fake, that it was a fake feud to boost. I can see that because they would still play shows together and sing those songs together on stage. You're like, what the hell? (laughs) I mean, Jesse Lacey was originally in Brand New, wasn't Or in Taking Back Sunday, Taking Back Sunday, yeah. Yeah. I think Adam replaced him as the bass player, and then became the the singer after their their singer left. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Brand New on this one. Uh, Is there anything you want to say or or, uh, plug or anything like that before I let you go, buddy? The only thing I could plug, I I shouldn't even plug it because I can't say much about it. I'm actually about to... uh, in the next week, I'm going to... This is like the announcement to the announcement that I'm going to be putting out... uh, a solo EP. No, oh, nice. Uh, this so, this won't be up for another like week and a half to two weeks. So if you want to, if you want to, if it's going to be out in that time, I mean. Yeah, I'm gonna put out the first single hopefully in the next week and a half or so. I just, I just actually, just shot the uh, the cover for it last week, so I've got that now. It, it's been a whole process. I mean, I recorded these songs about eight months ago and have just mm-hmm. been sitting on them. Um, and I, I, it seems like now is as good a time as any, you know, nothing, nothing's really going on in the music world right now. So it seemed like a good, a good time to, to put something out. Um, it's just a four song EP that I did. I've, I've been, you know, I was tossing around the idea of doing this for a long time. And once I left ice nine, it seemed like a good time to do something for myself, not do something for a band, you know, and it was, it was a really cool experience f- for me to, get back to just writing purely for myself, which is something I had kind of lost over the years of being, you know, in a band and, you know, you're writing, you have to try to be like, all right, this has to fit, you know, this has to work for the band, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was cool to get away from that. But uh, it's, it's, it's a, 
I should I should send you some of the songs so you can hear them. But uh, yeah, definitely. You have my email. They're, yeah, they're all different. They're all they're all very uh, honestly very heavily influenced by like that mid two thousands sound, like that Taking Back Sunday, Senses nice. Fail, Brand New, My My Chemical Romance kind of sound. It's uh, every song is a bit different, um, which I like. Some people might not like that, but uh, the project is called Cipher Sight. Kind of a weird mouthful, Cipher Sight, but uh, Cipher Sight got it. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited for that. So, yeah, by the time this is out, that first single will be out. It'll be on all, all streaming platforms. And within the next few weeks after that, the whole EP will be out for people to listen to or buy if they're so inclined. Now, this, this whole thing was uh, produced and recorded by surprise Justin Oblique from Ice Nine. My, he's like my, my go-to like, like guru guy. Like me and him have been very close for years, and he's such a talented guy. I couldn't think about doing it with anybody else so this is this is actually of the four songs this one he and i wrote together the other the other three were ones that i had already written and come in with and he just kind of put his producer flair on it this one was when we sat down and wrote it in studio and i think it's really cool i think it's the song that is gonna make the most sense to people who are ice nine or motionless fans um, which will make a lot more sense when you hear the song but uh I'm very excited about it. Uh, I'm can't wait to to hear people's thoughts. Hopefully they're nice. Hopefully they're not mean. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're good. Um, but yeah, I'll, if you want to send that over, I'll definitely I, I'd want to listen to it, and then I'll that, I'll put it on the uh, the tail end of this interview here whenever I release it. Yeah, yeah, I'll send I'll send it to you right after we get off this call. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for being on the show, buddy. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Fill the spitefulness, it was a venom 